Hey, good morning, everybody. My name is Wilson. If you've been here before, what do you think of this new stage? Does it look good? Get, getting things done slowly but surely. Change is good. Everyone say that. Change is good. Now, I know only half of you or less actually mean that, but uh, that's really the mantra right now is change is good, okay? Hey, uh, like I said, my name is Wilson, one of the pastors here. We have a special treat for you this morning with Tom Crandall, who's our guest speaker. Um, Tom actually was contacted and brought here to Cincinnati by our student ministry pastor, Jordan Pelfrey. So everyone just give it up for Jordan really quick. Jordan's not even in the room, so next time you see him, you should need to like slip him $5 and say, thank you for changing my life, because Tom is about to change your life. Seriously. First service, he blew the roof off the place, really powerful, um, and I'm just glad to see everyone here this morning. One of the thoughts that popped into my head is, who would, who, who has, whose home church is not, let me think how to say this right, who is visiting this morning because they wanted to hear Tom? Will you just wave at me? If this isn't your home church, you came to hear Tom, awesome. A couple people, sweet, well, welcome. We're glad you're here um, to hear Tom. Make sure that you tithe still at your normal church this, this morning, okay? Give your offerings there. They depend on that, and they really need that. So Tom is amazing. I got to meet him for the first time yesterday, had lunch with him and dinner, and one of the things that really stuck out to me was his love for his family, I have two little kids. My wife and I have been married for five years. And so I was just peppering him with questions about ministry um, and asking him how to do it for the long haul and you know how to have a healthy family and stuff like that. And one of the things I texted my wife, he said was, communicate to one another your needs so that you have a target to hit. He said, make sure that you're communicating to your wife what you need and you're, you're searching out from her to hear what she needs so you can both be actually meeting each other where you need it. And Man, like, that's just a freebie for you guys, because he's probably not going to talk about that stuff this morning. But that is the type of wisdom that was just pouring out of him yesterday. I was like, do I just turn my phone on record and walk around with you all day? Or like, how do I, how do I handle this, you know? But Tom is the youth director at Bethel Church in Redding, California. Give it up for Bethel real quick. Come on. The Bethel Movement and Bethel Church has had a significant impact on this church's life. And so just stand to your feet with me and welcome Tom Crandall to the stage. Just give him a shout. Uh, thanks for being here, bro. Yay. Come on, Jesus. Come on. Wilson, thanks for that. I'll tip you later for that. That was awesome. Appreciate your ministry. Y'all doing good? Y'all ready to have fun this morning? Awesome. Real quick, I forgot. What time does child care get out at this service? One o'clock. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Well, it's good to be here. Ohio. All right. I used to live in Youngstown like forever ago. Forever ago. So, long time ago. Man, y'all are good looking people, especially after that worship. Tell you what, it's amazing how much the anointing makes you look better. Like my wife was, she had a she had a seeing problem too when she married me. She, she couldn't see; she was blind. I said, "Will you marry me?" She said, "Yes." I slipped the ring on the finger really fast, and bam, we got married. And uh, no, we just celebrated 20 years of marriage. You can go ahead and put my family up there so you guys can see how good looking they are. A beautiful family. 
My son is already taller than me. I know that's not hard, but it hurts me when you laugh like that. That's okay. I'm, I'm good. I'm strong. And then uh, my daughter, she's just a beautiful princess, her beautiful curly hair, and my wife is just gorgeous. I love my family. We just celebrated 20 years of marriage, September 11th. And, uh, and just, you know, love life. Love life. Life is good. Why don't you stand up? And uh, welcome to a charismatic church. Praise God. We're going to, I just want to honor the Lord and honor his presence for just a second. I believe God's here to heal people. The Lord is the healer. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is healing, there is freedom, there is liberty, there is life. Amen. So why don't we just turn our affection towards the Lord. We've already worshiped and it's been great, but uh, I want us to learn when we come into his presence, it's, you know, I'm, I'm a decent preacher, but when I'm an anointed, I'm a great preacher because his presence makes me way better than I actually am. So you want to invite God for your own sake right now so you can actually enjoy this message. Just kidding. Y'all are slow, but you're worth waiting on. <laughs> so, ha. Uh, you know, just discovered I like being myself. So here we go. Jesus, uh, you, got, you like being you? I like being me too. So, Father, we just thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you, God, that you like to play, that you're not a starchy, religious robot, but God, you're alive. Thank you, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary to set me free. God, we thank you that you poured out your, your presence to bring healing to the nations, Lord. God, we thank you that we're living in the greatest days this planet has ever seen, the days of revival. God, where, where revival is not just a location, it's a person that I carry, that I carry revival. Lord, thank you that we carry revival in Cincinnati, Ohio. Lord, we thank you that the greatest days of Cincinnati are now and ahead in front of us. Lord, we thank you that revival is here, revival is now, it's, in, it's increasing, your kingdom is present. Thanks for that, God. Lord, thank you that you're for our families. You're for our marriages. You're for our church. You're for our lives. You're for our finances. That you're a father who's cheering us on. Thanks for that, God. Thanks for that, Lord. Somebody here is, somebody here is battling uh, prescription drug addiction, and you feel so ashamed for being here. I'm going to tell you right now that God the Father is here to cover you. He's so glad you're here. He's not ashamed to call you his boy, his girl. He's, he, he loves you, and I love you, and so we just release love to you right now. God's going to touch you. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I just felt led to just sing a song with you guys. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. Oh, here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. And I'll never know how much 
much it cost to see my sin upon that cross and I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross so here I am to worship here I am to bow down here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. So turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face And the things of the earth will grow strangely dim In the light of his glory and grace Isn't that a good song? Let's sing that again Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace thank you lord come on give god a shout of praise he's worthy he's worthy god we want your presence here today we're not here for church we're not here for more religion god we want you we thank you that you're not religious, that you're, you're here. Woo. Somebody's back right here is in major pain. It was fused together, and God wants to give you mobility back. Who is that? Right here? Wow, cool. Touch her, Jesus. Put your hand on her back. Somebody put your hand. Just go ahead and check it out right now. Just begin to test it out. And then right back here, is that right? Your hands are up. I don't know. No, you're just lost in Jesus. Get lost in Jesus. You're good. Yeah, touch, Lord. Pray for her right there. Go ahead. Thank you, Father. We just release mobility to her back. You're going to restore the years. You're going to restore 10 years that the locust has eaten. He's going to restore your life back to you. It's going to be new. You came today with, a, with faith in your heart. If I could just get there, God will touch me. And the Lord's meeting you right where you're at. You're, you're stepping into a new season of life. It's a new season. The old has passed away. The new has come. You've loved Jesus, but God's saying, I've seen your faithfulness today. You, I just release healing over you in Jesus' name. Fire of God. Touch her back. <laughs> in Jesus' name. Melt out stuff. Metal if need be, God, in Jesus' name. Why don't you go ahead and just check it out. See how it feels. Don't tell me you feel better for my ego. It's not about that. Just tell me if you feel better for... Does it feel good? Wow. So wait a minute, come here, come here. What was, uh, what was the matter? I'm totally embarrassing you right now. 
like sat down to take more Advil, but I've had a degenerative disc ever since I was like 18 or so. Um, L4. Oh, I'm um, 36. I'm sorry, you should never ask a woman that. I apologize. <laughs> that a long time. And now she just got such, you feel better? Yes. What happened? Um, just felt really, really warm and overcome with the spirit, like those electric like, yes. surges. That... Come on. Come on. So could you do that before? Can you do that now? She couldn't do that before, she just said. And that doesn't hurt? Could you, could you go upstairs or fine? Or, I mean, what couldn't you do before? Do something. Do a somersault. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. I woke up, like, even this morning, just like, like an old lady. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so now I'm, like, standing up straight. Come on, girl. Yay, God. That's amazing. Did you guys just see that? You came to hear me. See, that's why I liked you. That's why I chose you. I'm just kidding. I, there's no way I would have known you were struggling with. That's, that's amazing. God bless you. Wow. Man, give God praise for that, huh? Yes, God. Thank you, Lord, that you paid for our healing. Woo! Man, that's amazing. <laughs> Jesus, you never cease to amaze us. Sometimes when that happens, I don't even want to talk. I just want to sit here and just. That's amazing. Gosh. Gosh. Somebody has pain in the back of their knee. In the back of your knee. Back of your left knee. Anybody? Who's that? Is that you right there? All right. I mean, there's anointing on this side of the room. I don't know about y'all over there, but they're pulling over here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Man, put, somebody put your hand on his knee right there and just release healing over his knee. Thank you, Lord. Does anybody here have cancer? Breast tumors, anything like that? Anybody here have a cancer? You're battling any kind of cancer? Anybody here? We have authority over cancer. Right here? Can we pray for you? Yeah. Yeah, we just release hope over your body in Jesus' name. I speak to your blood right now, a blood transfusion in Jesus' name. I release hope to you. I release life to you. You're, you're going to have fun in your future days. We just release hope to your body. Energy, come back in Jesus' name. Is there somebody back there too? You guys pointing at somebody over there? No? Okay. Release healing to your body in Jesus' name. Thanks, God. You know, it was pretty cool. I, I woke up September 1st, and I was shaving in the mirror. Normal day. I looked down. I have had skin problems in the past. Life of a white guy. Son and me don't get along. You know what I'm saying? Dermatologist and me, we see each other at least once a year. And uh, I looked down, and I had a dark, dark mole right here that had just appeared on my, on my collarbone. And I'm like, that does not look good, you know? And so my wife saw it, and my son saw it. They were like, you need to get that checked out. It looked kind of scary. I've had basal cell carcinoma on my face before. And so I'm like, it's September 1st, Labor Day weekend. I can't do anything about it all weekend. And so Tuesday rolls around, you know, I go the whole weekend, and I call the dermatologist, I get in there Wednesday morning, I, I walk in, I sit down in the chair, and my friend saw, so a few people saw this thing, and I was just like, I'm going to ignore it and not let fear hit my mind, you know what I mean? Begin to imagine my funeral and all this crazy crap when the spirit of fear hits you, you know? And uh, so I'm like, not today, Satan, and so I'm like, okay, we're just going to go to get checked out, see what this is. I sit down in the chair at the dermatologist's office, and he says, okay, where is it? I said, it's right here. And I lean back in the chair, and he pulls my shirt back and says, where? I said, right there. And he looks at the other side. You sure it wasn't over here? I said, no, it was right there. He looks, and he says, there's nothing there. I pull the mirror out, and I look at it, and I am sitting there in shock. 
at the dermatologist's office because I'd, I'd prayed over it, my friend had prayed over it, and then I just forgot about it till we could go to the dermatologist. And like, and I'm sitting there in shock as this mole that was 100% there was 100% gone. And I'm like, the doctor's looking at me like, you hypochondriac, why are you in my office, you know? And I'm like, I was there, I prayed over it, perhaps it left. And he's like, well, the best plan's a winning plan, so have a good day, we'll see you later, you know? I walked out of there, but I'm just like, my God in heaven, he just did that. That's incredible. Nothing's impossible for God. Nothing's impossible. Nothing's impossible. You are, this is a vineyard church. This is a house of his presence where nothing is impossible. Your church is known for nothing is impossible in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm telling you right now, the broken are going to come here. People stricken with cancer are going to come here, and they're going to get set free. The day will come when people will get instantly delivered from methamphetamines in one encounter. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Go ahead and grab a seat there. Hallelujah. Man, God is so good. She's, my wife's calling me right now. Sorry, baby. Can't take that right now. So, praise God. I'm going to preach a message called, You Were Born to Shine. This church was born to shine. Amen? Yeah. We're born to shine. I want to honor first Pastor Van and Lori for bringing me out. I know Jordan brought me in, but really we know you guys are the big dogs who make everything happen around this place. Can we just give them a big warm welcome? Just honor them. Wilson, you're amazing. Thanks for your hospitality the last few days. This guy went to Pakistan to preach the gospel. He's got way more chutzpah than I do. That's, that's Hebrew for something. Uh, so good. You know, God's just on the move. He's moving all over the world. He's moving all over the planet. And the good news is, you guys right here in this church, we're a part of what God is doing all over the earth. Like we were in our youth service just a couple years ago. And our youth service, we are all about the presence of God. Like, we're not seeker-friendly. We're presence-friendly. You know what I'm saying? We bring the presence of God in there. And it's amazing. People that have never encountered Jesus before just want to be there. <laughs> Just leave it at that. And, uh, you know, so, but we have the presence of God just burning in our youth service. This parent dropped his son off at our youth service, and he was battling autism really, really bad at a high level. He would just do circles in the foyer. Couldn't focus, would run underneath chairs, run behind banners, wouldn't make eye contact with anybody. And so he, he finally came into the service, and I had one of my youth leaders walk up to him and just love on him and just gently pray for him. Presence of God start to get released on his life, and he begins to slowly come into his right mind. One day I gave an altar call for people to get free from pornography. The power of pornography is broken by the blood of Jesus. God wants to set every person free from that in the world. And right there, this kid comes forward. He says, Tom, I need to get free. I pray for him. He gets free. He looks at me and he says, how do I stay free if I get tempted? I said, go into your room, lift your hands, and worship God till the temptation leaves. A week later, he comes up to me and he says, Tom, it worked. I've not looked at porn all week long. So the kid is slowly coming into his right mind. Isn't this amazing? This was in November. It started October. November is when it st he start, first started coming around. By December, he goes back to the doctor, and the doctor says, you no longer need your meds because you, you do not have autism any longer. Come on, somebody. That's amazing right there. 
It changed this entire family's life. We had a family conference where a thousand people were there. Bill Johnson was on stage. I brought him up on stage. He shares his testimony now in front of over a thousand people of how God set him free from autism and pornography, and he wants to do the same for you. Like, that's a testimony. Light and fluffy, right? Just light and fluffy. Just like, Lord, healed my slight headache. It's gone. God will do the same for you. No, he was just like, drops his testimony and starts preaching to the crowd. Then I bring his parents up, and his parents come and share how this miracle has changed their entire family's life. That for 13 years of their life, they haven't been able to go in public. They haven't been able to do anything until now. They can go out and just be a normal family. Isn't God good? Isn't he good? Isn't he good? The Lord will do it. Dyslexia. We've seen dyslexia healed so many times. And uh, people get healed of dyslexia in our youth service. And one time I was in Toronto preaching at a youth conference. And I released that word. And people got healed of dyslexia. Four or five people got healed right there. It's on YouTube. You can go watch it. One girl in Indiana watched that me preach. Her, her and her husband. And she's battled dyslexia all her life. And said... Let's take that for, for us. And so that she took this word on dyslexia. She's 25 or 26 years old, had never read a book in her life. Took it for herself, picked up a book, and noticed that instantly she was better at reading. And she's plowing through books now. God just touched her life. Isn't God good? Man, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Just because my experience doesn't line up with, their, with, the, with the word doesn't mean my experience is right. It means my experience needs to change. And when I come into the presence of the king and his kingdom and I grab a hold of his word, I begin to change and adjust because God is good and he's moving. He's never changed. He's always the same. Shout hallelujah. Let's go. You guys are a great crowd. We're going to have fun this morning. I can already tell. Man, I'll tell you what. I can preach to you all day long right here. <laughs> you know, I was born and raised in Salt Lake City, Utah. I know it's kind of shocking. I only have one wife. And, uh, I mean, you've seen her. Why would, why would I ever want another one? You know, I can barely handle one myself. And so, anyways, I got one wife. I, I love my family, you know, and... Um, Born and raised in Salt Lake, hardly any Christians out there. Growing up, I knew of one percent of the population was born again. Hardly knew of any believers in the public school system, and I knew God as a kid because my parents got saved when I was a little guy. And then growing up, in my hit my teenage years in seventh grade, I started hanging out with the wrong friends. How many guys know? Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. You're going to become whoever you hang out like and whoever you're connected with. And uh, and so this per these people begin to influence my life. And I just walked away from God. I still had a love for God, but I wasn't honoring God with my choices. And about 16, 17 years old, I got a girlfriend who was ugly compared to my wife. I mean, like, she fell off the ugly tree, hit every branch on the way down compared to my wife, y'all. I'm not even kidding. When you get anointed, guys, that's how you get a hot wife right there. Get anointed. God just, she's like, man, I was all of a sudden six foot five, and she wanted to marry me. It's just, bam, right there. I can tell I just offended somebody. It's all right. You'll get over it. So, <laughs> so anyways, I'm sitting there, and I used to work at a place called Sports Park, which was an outdoor, uh, you know, go-kart tracks and bat batting cages and, you know, putt-putt golf, all that kind of stuff. And so I, one day I was out there working, and I happened to be out there by myself, which never happens. And so I'm out there on the track, and all of a sudden this one, man, this one guy comes walking up, and he's got his two kids, and he puts his two little kids on this kiddie track, and they're just doing circles. And I'm standing there. Have you ever had God just set you up? Yeah, this is God. God just set me up and put a few words in my mouth. I wasn't even walking with God. I was living in blatant sin at the time. And so I'm standing there talking to this guy, and I said, so where are you from? 
And he said, I'm from Seattle. I said, oh, I heard there's a bad drug problem in Seattle, which, why would I care? I smoked pot at the time, right? And he goes, yeah, there is a bad drug problem. In fact, I did cocaine for nine years, and, and then I stopped. And I said, oh, okay, my, my half-sister, she, she, uh, she did cocaine for nine years too, but then she got saved. Like, where did that come from? I said those words. The guy looks at me, and he goes, saved? You mean you're a brother man? And I'm like, ha, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> and he goes, me too. I'm a warrior for Christ. Everywhere I go, I'm burning for Jesus. I love Jesus. I mean, he began to just preach the gospel to me. <laughs> I'm standing there. On the outside, it looked like this. Oh, yeah, totally. Cool. But on the inside, blowtorch is melting Gumby. And I'm like, <laughs> conviction, fire of God's hitting me, and I'm like, oh, this is what's going on here, you know, and he is just burning for Jesus in front of me, and so I looked at him, and I said, I had a girlfriend at the time, and I said, I said, you know, I'm thinking about buying the Book of Mormon and reading it so I can prove to my girlfriend that it's lies, that it's wrong. He looks at me, and he says, why would you look for the truth in a lie? And I was like, ha, 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 ha. Great, great question. I don't know. I don't know because I'm stupid. I don't know. <laughs> and he said, Jesus said, broad and wide is the road that leads to destruction. Narrow is the gate that leads to eternal life. Many will seek it, but only few will find. You need to seek the narrow gate. Fire of God. Totally. And, uh, and so he gets his kids off the tracks. Said a few more words says, have a good day, walks away. I turned around, began to walk, about walk out of the, the little track, and I saw a, white vis- a vision in my mind of a white flame burning. And I said in my heart, I knew it was real. My heart burned within me when he told me this stuff. I walked away knowing it was real. Here's the deal. That guy walked away, walked away with his life, and I sat there burning. Something inside of me shifted. That guy still to this day has no idea how he impacted my life and changed my life. He didn't lead me in the sinner's prayer. He didn't invite me to church. All he did was burn for five minutes. Five minutes. And he impacted my life on my journey. I'm telling you guys, you're born to shine. Cincinnati, Ohio is waiting for you to show up and simply burn. God is so wise with each of us. He's like a wise steward of his possessions that he's paid for. He's a father. And he looks at the city and he says, that person's dealing with suicide. That person's discouraged. That person's about to take their life. That person's about to walk away from the faith. That person's been asking questions. That person's... God is a father over cities, and he looks over the city with the verses of 2 Peter 3, 9, and he says this, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. He wants all of Cincinnati to be saved. How would, how would you guys like to be a part of a revival that Vineyard Northwest gets to host to see God touch all of Cincinnati, Ohio? Come on, somebody. It could happen right here. He looks over the city and he says, man, I got the perfect guy I'm going to send to that person today. I got the perfect man I'm going to send to that stewardess, that, that lady at the restaurant. I got the perfect woman I'm going to send to Kroger's today and, and they can touch that person at the checkout stand. I got the perfect person I'm going to send over here. And if we just walk burning, how many of you guys know we're going to be going to see stuff happen in our city? 
I'm going to talk to you guys today about born to shine. I'm talking about simple evangelism. I'm talking about not most of you guys in here are not called to be an evangelist, but everybody is called to burn like a witness for Jesus Christ. How many of you guys know the Great Commission was not the great suggestion? Mark 16, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues and they'll take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Come on, somebody. It's time to preach the gospel. It's time to preach the gospel. Well, you might say, I'm not a preacher. That's all right. You're, you're alive. You're breathing. You'll get it. By the end of this service, you're going to get so lit on fire, nobody's going to be able to hold you back from talking about Jesus. Talking about Jesus is not a religious routine. It's not something we must do as believers. It's something that we get to do because we know someone. Amen? We recently, this last year, we had the car fire come and about take over Reading. I'll never forget, it was a Thursday night. I'm standing there in my backyard. We'd had a youth meeting at my house. We'd had but 20 kids I was going to take to Mexico. All of a sudden, the lights would go out to my house. I get a phone call or a text message from somebody saying, the, car, the, the fire just jumped the Sacramento River. It's in Redding, California, burning down homes. It's 113 degrees that night. It's windy. We are all of a sudden, like, terrified. Parents come pick up their kids, and 30%, 30,000 people of Redding, California evacuated in one night. We were some of them. It was an amazing night. I walked out on the back porch, and I'm sitting there, and I could hear off in the distance, boom, boom. I could hear explosions going off at the Keswick Dam as the fire was ripping through this area, igniting massive propane tanks and just exploding. I could look off into the distance, and there was a mountain over there called Whiskey Town Mountain, Whiskey Town Lake, and on the mountain, on the top of the mountain, it was bright red as flames were just going off the top of this mountain. I could hear all the activity. I could see the fire going on, and it affected the entire city, and we all moved. Can I tell you, there's a revival coming to Cincinnati, Ohio. People are going to hear the explosions going off of healing, of signs and wonders, of demons coming out, of people's marriages getting healed, of people's kids coming to the right mind, of kids getting delivered from, from homosexuality, of kids getting set free from methamphetamines because the kingdom of God is moving, not through your pastors, but through you. They're going to see the mountain of fire on your life, on your family, on your marriage, on your business, and they're going to come and just say, what is this? What's going on? You were born to shine. See, once you encounter God, you become a carrier of that encounter for somebody else. Ah, that's so fun. You know, sometimes I'm sitting there with my, when my kids were little, I don't want to eat the food mom made. I'm like, no, you're going to eat the food mom made. I don't want to eat it. I want to have something different. So I learned if I just eat the food and go, oh, that's so good. Mm. And I just look at them. And I just start eating, and I'm like, oh, it's so good. And they're just looking at me. Look at the food. Look at me. It's good to dad. I'm like, oh, man, that's so missing out, bud. So good. All of a sudden, they're, like, inspired to want to eat themselves. Kids are much more prone to eat when they're inspired than when they're told. It's the same way in evangelism. Have you ever had somebody get a bust open a pineapple? You weren't even hungry. You know, or, or all of a sudden, you're not even hungry, and all of a sudden, somebody brings in a sweet pizza, you know, and you're just like, I wasn't even hungry till now. 
you know, or like, I'm on a diet, I'm not eating, I'm putting this thing down, you know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, somebody brings in cake, and I'm like, how is that thing talking to me? <laughs> it's the same thing. Evangelism is so easy. We've made it so difficult. We've said before, evangelism is a, is a stage platform. It's a personality. It's a volume on a preacher. Evangelism is none of those things. Evangelism is the grace that gets released from your relationship with God. It can be in the form of a preacher. It can be in the form of volume. All those things are great, but we've got to understand winning the world to Christ is not the evangelist's job. It's the body of Christ being the hands and feet of Jesus in our city. You see, I'm preaching a message to you guys here today, but I'm telling you right now, thousands of people are about to be reached through this small group of people in one week's time that will never hear me speak because you are the church sent to be the light of the world. Isn't that good news? Come on, that's just good news. Eric Johnson is my, is my leader, my senior leader in my life. And, uh, you know, he all of a sudden picked up golf just recently. He used to do it when he was a kid, and he starts golfing again. And all of a sudden, he just got possessed with golf. Now, I've never wanted to golf my entire life. Let's be real, okay? I just haven't. I don't know. I just haven't for whatever reason. I'm like, the learning curve looks too hard. It's too, too much. Like, the struggle you got to go through to actually learn golf. All I hear see is pictures of people wrapping their golf clubs around trees and chucking them in the air because they're frustrated. I'm like, I don't want to go through that. I don't need more stress in my life, right? But Eric's like, oh, my gosh, I'm loving this. I'm just so much time out there on the golf course. And he's just talking to me about his passion for golf, how he's loving golf. And I'm just in there watching him love golf. And I'm like, how, how, is, how are you doing this to me? Because all of a sudden, I'm seeing myself wanting to golf. I want to golf because of how much you love golf. What's going on here in this situation? I told him, I texted him yesterday. I said, you're a golf evangelist. Because he said, all of a sudden, he's got an extra set of clubs. He's going to let me borrow those clubs. I found somebody who's going to teach me. And now I'm going to start golfing. I'm just like going, how did all this happen? It called, it's because somebody else got possessed with a sport that they loved. And it inspired me to want to go for it. This is evangelism. It's evangelism made easy. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me all over. Witnesses. What's it mean to be a witness? It means, does it, does it mean historically it means this? Hey, sir, I have a track for you. Here you go. Jesus, don't go to hell. Here you go. Just don't, don't go to hell. It's a bad idea. You don't want to go there. Here's a, and Jesus loves you. Here's a track for you. You know, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. Just, you know, there's a place for you called heaven. Don't go to hell, you know. And hi historically, we, we tell people about Jesus like this, and we're like, ah, oh, this is so hard. This is so hard doing this, right? And it is, because when you do it, not from the overflow of the presence of God, and you're just telling people about Jesus because it's your duty, I'd rather go watch football. Thank you very much. I'd rather go hang out with my family. Amen? But you see, when you're a witness, it's just like the other day I was driving down the road. And all of a sudden, everybody starts slamming on their brakes. And there was a car in front of me who was obviously on their cell phone or something and didn't see brakes, brake lights. And they just kept going and slammed right in the back of a semi. Boom. I got up there. I witnessed the whole thing happened. I walked over there. I'm like, you okay? The person is totally fine. The cops were on the way. Paramedics are on their way. Everything was fine. But I witnessed the accident. Witnessing to somebody is not telling them, you need to do this. You need to do this. You need to eat your food. You better eat your food. You're going to starve to death if you don't eat your food. You just, you're going to die. Eat your food, right? No, it's like, watch. I'm going to be a witness 
of how good this steak is right now. I'm going to be a, wit I'm a witness to, to the events that took place. How many of you guys ever received a miracle in your life? How many of you guys ever been touched by the Holy Spirit? Where the love of God became real? How many of you guys ever seen cancer dissolved? Let me see your hands. You ever seen cancer dissolved? Anybody here ever been healed of cancer? Come on. Yes. This is amazing. This is, I'm in the right place. Look at this. Witnessing is as easy as this. Hey, man. Can I tell you something? Uh, sure. I once was dead, now I'm alive. Jesus Christ touched my life. I ain't talking about religion, I don't want none of that. Jesus touched me. I once was sick, now I'm healed. I once was bound, now I'm alive. And I'm telling you, God wants to do the same for anybody who will come to him. I'm not telling them what they need to do with their life. I'm telling them the witness of, what's, of what I've seen. The resurrected Christ, he's alive. We dumbed down evangelism to simply church ministry classes all that stuff's great but like if it, the life is in the presence of God and the presence of God rides on the back of your stories that give people hope in your city you see the person who becomes the most hope-filled believer in Cincinnati Ohio will be the most influential person in this city whoever carries the most hope will become the greatest influencer if you look at Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, everywhere he went, people were just bringing people to him. They were getting healed. People with epileptic and paralytic and just all these different ailments. They came to Jesus and he healed them. And then it says his fame spread all throughout that region and people brought more people to him. Do you guys know where's Jesus right now? He's not actually in this room. He's not actually on the world. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, and he sent his spirit, which lives inside of us, to take up residence inside of somebody else's flesh so the word can, be, can become life again through somebody else's life. Do you know that people are looking at us, and they're saying, where's Jesus? We need to show them what Jesus looks like. Amen? If anybody claims to him, he must walk as Jesus did. It says in 1 John, in purity and in power. Guys, I'm telling you, your greatest days are ahead of you, not behind you. Your greatest days. Vineyard Northwest, your greatest days are ahead of you, not behind you. The greatest days. You guys are going to experience, I believe, a revival that's going to touch this city and the region around it. You get to be a part of it, amen? But it's not going to happen because your preacher is a great preacher. I'm sure he is. But it's going to happen because the body of Christ begins to carry the mandate of the presence of the Lord to release healing and signs and wonders to your city. Amen? People aren't going to hear from Pastor Van. Pastor Wilson, but you know who they are going to hear from? You at your mechanic shop. You in your classroom. You at your school. You at your workplace. You and your family. Come on. The other day, I, I wrote a book called Your Life Speaks. Sorry, I don't have any here to give to you guys. But uh, my brother got a copy of it. My brother's not walked with the Lord in a lot of years, and I love him. We're good friends, and he's, I love my brother. But he told my dad the other day, he said, you know, if I ever come back to faith, it'll be because of the example that Tommy's lived for these last 20 years. And I thought, all right, I can go home now. I'm good. I feel encouraged. What's the point? The point is, when you live your life in the presence of God in front of other people, you're not, we're, not here to we're not here to show people we're perfect. They can, you know, people can just see right through religion and people acting like they got it all together. In fact, we come into church here and we're just like... You've been fighting at home all week with your wife, and you hate each other, and you're like, God bless you, brother. Let's, oh, God, bless God. Let's do ministry together. I'm here to white-knuckle it and just endure through. What, have, what would happen if we actually came and just opened up 
and found a, a different couple in the church who actually has a healthy marriage. Most, let's just be real. Can I talk about this? This totally has nothing to do with my ministry, my message right now, but I'm just going to say some stuff about marriage, okay? I've been married 20 years. Listen, most of us were not raised with the tools to have a great marriage. We just weren't. Our parents did their best. God bless them. We're not dishonoring. But if you want to have a great marriage, find somebody or books and resources that can teach you how to do it. Humble yourself. Quit being prideful and get to work. Have a great marriage so that your kids can grow up in health and not dysfunction. Okay. If you want to be a witness, if you want to be a witness to your city, it's not, it's not a great witness to have a terrible marriage and still get words of knowledge for people out there. I don't care how much power you walk in. If your family doesn't love you and think that you're great, it's worthless to me. Like, I want to see my kids love me. I don't care what anybody in this room thinks about me. You know what I care about? What Joel, Addie, and Leslie think about me. That's who I live with in my heart everywhere I go. It's time for families to come alive in the presence of God, for families, for marriages to walk in victory, to have health, to have great sex, somebody shout. My wife and I, we practice the ministry of laying on of hands every day. We just lay hands on each other. Shut da 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 da. Come, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You're born to shine. Our marriages need to shine. Our families. God wants our families to shine. Amen. People begin to see a, a happy marriage that actually works. That's a sign and a wonder in today's day. The greatest prophetic movement we could have against the homosexual spirit in America today is a healthy marriage that's shining. We don't need to be preaching against people. We need to be lifting up what Jesus has put on the earth. Come on, somebody. Let's go. Woo. Marriages. God wants to touch marriages. Listen, my wife and I have been in place. We're two powerful personalities. She's in full-time ministry. She, uh, I will say this. She's also a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I... Uh, Every fall, we need counseling because I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Just felt the anointing increase right there. Come on, everybody point your hands. Which way is south? I don't know. Dak Prescott, we pray in Jesus' name today. You would go to the next level. Let's go. We've got a Cowboys hat back there. You know, it's amazing. My wife tried to convince my kids to be a Steelers fan. It totally backfired on her. Our whole lives, my kids have both been Dallas Cowboys fans. She's on her own. I'm like, you're on your own over there, girl. We need marriages to shine. Amen? There is nothing that a marriage can't work through. I've seen everything from adultery healed and put behind people and walk into restoration in a family. I've seen people with pornography problems get completely set free, forgive each other, walk in love, walk it out, get healed. Why? Because God's for your marriage. It might not feel like it right now. It might feel tough. It might feel rough. But it doesn't matter what you feel. What matters is God is for you, not against you. He is for your marriage. He's for you guys working it out. I don't care if you've been battling the same thing for 20 years. There is a solution for every problem you face in marriage. That's the kingdom of God. I felt some of you guys right there just go, ah, trying to believe that, trying to believe that one. <laughs> Have you met my husband? He won't pick up his underwear in 15 years. I have to flick his underwear with my foot every time. <laughs> Something just came on me there, Pastor Van. I don't know what that is. It's just like flicking the underwear anointing. Here we go. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Danny still, I'm just going to plug this because I, I really feel this right now. It has nothing to do, it just came out of nowhere. Anointing. Danny Silk has written books that help marriages. Barry and Lori Burns have created a ministry called Love After Marriage. There is more resources for marriages today than I've ever seen in my life. It doesn't matter where you're at and what stage you're at. You can take your marriage to the next level, and that will create a witness in this city that will shock this city. When people and families begin to see, wow, like what would be powerful? And many times we try and hide our dysfunction. Bless God, amen. How are you? I don't have any dysfunction here. My wife, Betty, and I, we've been married for 44 years. We never had a problem. And he's looking at, she's looking at you like, oh, God. <laughs> Wouldn't it be a witness if all of a sudden you guys humbled each other and got some breakthrough and it went to the next level? And all of a sudden, there's a, there's a synergy that takes place at Thanksgiving with your family. Things just go to the next level. And all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, we have communication. We can talk to each other now. It's amazing when we can have communication. All the things that I've wanted to say, I've never been able to say in years. I can say it now. Wait a minute. I thought we were talking about shining and evangelism. This is. Because when you look at, when you look at the families that are around us, man, we ain't hiding. You can't hide nothing from people. They see us. Amen? And so, let's go after that. That was free. Go to Matthew chapter 10. We're going to look at something, and we're going to close this up pretty soon, okay? Matthew chapter 10. This is powerful. How are we going to shine? Shining is a whole lot easier than you think. In fact, shining is impossible on your own strength. It has to be supernatural. Verse, chapter 10, verse 1, it says, when, he had, when Jesus, when he had called his 12 disciples to him. Everybody say, to him. He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. Look at this. This is amazing. In Mark, on the same story, the Bible says he called them to his side. He called them to himself, and he gave them power. Like, it's first about coming to Jesus ourselves and being filled up. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't care if you talked in tongues 20 years ago. Have you been talking in tongues ever since then? Like, like being filled with the Holy Spirit is a continual everyday outpouring where we are continually filled daily. It's a river of life. It's we yield to the river of life that's continually flowing from his throne. And life and presence flows. And so it's learning how to drink. It's learning how to overflow in the presence of God. God wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. <laughs> he's talking about you too. He wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be full of the Holy Spirit? Does it mean to just be topped off? What does it mean to actually be full? Let me show you guys an analogy of what it actually means to be full. To be full with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to top off this water. Would you guys agree that's full? That's full right there. If you do a study on what it means to be full of the Holy Spirit, that's not full. This is full. That's what full looks like in the kingdom of God. Overflowing. Overflowing. How many guys know that when we give God praise, things begin to overflow? When we walk in thanksgiving, things begin to overflow. It's amazing. When I'm thankful, how I get inoculated from entitlement. I get inoculated from bad attitudes. 
You know, I get inoculated from being grumpy at my wife when I'm thankful for my wife. It's actually impossible to be thankful and grumpy at the same time. So if we give thanks in all situations, in all times, guess what begins to happen? Something inside of me comes like a shield, the shield of faith. Man, the shield of faith is best expressed through thanksgiving. It's something I can constantly do all the time. Oh, I thought faith was when I pulled that person out of a wheelchair. Yeah, that's part of it. But if you've been thankful a thousand times before that, that's actually what prepares you to pull somebody out of a wheelchair. Come on, we got to get thankful for our families, thankful for our pastors, thankful for this church you have, thankful for the family you're in. It begins to drive out victim mentalities where, woe is me, I don't have enough with my life. It's just like, man, get gracious, get thankful. I'm telling you, thankfulness is the doorway to the presence of God overflowing in your life. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm thankful for you. And believe it or not, I'm thankful for you. Say to the other person. Come on. Overflow from the presence of God. we got to learn how to get alone with God and let him just love us. So many of us, we come to God and we're like, God, I'm here to love you. Bless God. And we come with our big list. I don't really have a lot of lists. I just come to God and I let him love me like his child and just be in his presence. It's kind of like soaking like a, going from a cucumber to a pickle. <laughs> get into the presence of God and just soak I can't get, I can't, just can't get past these anxious thoughts. I can't get past these lustful thoughts. I just can't get past them. Well, listen, the Bible says you died with Christ. So that identity the enemy's trying to put on you is actually not who you are. So instead of focusing on what I don't have or focusing on all this crap going on in my mind, I'm just mental gymnastics to victory. I'm going to do it, God. Maybe it looks like it's in my own strength, but I'm going to white knuckle my way all the way through. Many Christians are like that. It's like when I was 10 or 11 years old, I was out in the sand dunes, and I was four-wheeling with my family, and we're out there just going for it, and I'm, I'm riding along, and all of a sudden, I hit these invisible bumps, and I couldn't see them, but all of a sudden, my body started bouncing off of this four-wheeler, and all of a sudden, my body was completely in the air. I'm hanging on for dear life, and my hand is just hitting the throttle, and the whole thing is just going, and I'm like, oh my God, I was hanging on for dear life until I finally let go, and then I dropped. And that's like many believers today. I'm hanging on, Jesus, I'm hanging on. I didn't look at pornography for a week. Oh, my God. I didn't do it for three days. We're just hanging on. God doesn't want you to hang on. He wants you to overcome. The overcomer lives on the inside of you. You were born to make devils afraid when you get out of bed. Because when you realize who lives on the inside of you, man, devils will begin to shake when they see you. Sit down in the presence of God. Let him accept you right where you're at. And just sit there and let his presence wash over you. You become more aware of his smile, more aware of what's been defeated, more aware of his protection than the attack, more aware of his forgiveness than the accusation, more aware of his grace than the sin, more aware. And guess what? Whatever you become more aware of is what you live from. It comes from soaking in his presence. It's easy. It's not hard. It's supernatural. It's called you're born to overflow. You're born to overflow. When you entertain things, you know, I watch movies sometimes, and I love watching Braveheart lift up a shout of praise. Right? But then I'll put on another movie that's not even rated, and it has the spirit of adultery all over it. I'm like, I don't want to take a spiritual shower from that. Off. Why? Because the rhythms of my heart are righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Shabbat shatana bakaka. 
I just want to live in the overflow. I overflow when I watch football. I overflow when I play with my kids. I overflow when I do chores around the house. I overflow when I'm with my wife. I overflow when I'm preaching. I don't have an on-off switch. I live in the overflow. I don't have to crank it on when it's time. I just live in the overflow from a place of worship. I don't have a worship hat on, worship hat off. It's just my life. Walk with the Lord. Live in the overflow. You see, my daughter, when she was a little girl, my wife and I just loved the snot out of our little girl. You saw how beautiful she is, and she just loved on her, you know, and one day she, it's time to go to school, and we take her to school, and we drop her off, and she's ready to walk inside, and uh, she turns around, and she looks at me in front of all of her future classmates and all of these parents walking around, and she said, Daddy! I said, yes! And I'm like, from here to the sound booth. And she said, I love you past the moon, past the sun, very far to outer space, past outer space to glory, past glory to the other outer space. This is what she says. And I'm like, I love you too. And she's like, I love you more. And I said, I love you most. And we got in this war about who loves who more. She's just overflowing with love for her dad that did not start with her. It started with me. And when I just loved her, my daughter, and, just, and she's just, she just a little love bug. Where'd she get that from? It didn't originate with her. Why do we think that what we started in the spirit has to end in the flesh? God will let it increase in our lives. Amen? So we're going to go. You guys ready to go preach the gospel in Cincinnati? You're going to go overflow. You're going to carry revival. I believe the day is coming for this church when more people will get saved uh, throughout the week than on Sunday morning. That's a prophetic word. I'll bet it's been given here before in the past. Listen, it's time, guys, to step into this destiny. One time I went to the mall in Salt Lake City and just to witness, and, and long story short, there's this guy standing there in a red shirt and a gold chain. I just walked right up to him and said, hey, how you doing? He's like, good. And I said, bro, nice gold chain. I saw that. And he goes, oh, thanks. I said, it kind of reminds me of like how sometimes we get bondage and chains in our lives and just ties us up. Just went for it, straight for the jugular. <laughs> and he goes, oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, my next thought, after I stepped out, trying to find, like, you know, where's the, where's the ground? The next thought was, he just went through a bad breakup, and the girl's name started with an A. So I said that to him. And I says, was her name Amber? And she, he goes, look at me with these big eyes. He said, no, Aubrey. I said, wow, well, God wants to heal your heart. And he's like, how did you know that? I just a stranger. I just met him. I said, well, the same presence that lives inside of me knows your entire life and show me what you're dealing with right now. I'll show you God is real. Jesus loves you. And he's actually drawing you to himself right now to be born again. And he was like, wow. I said, do you want that? And he says, yeah, I do. So right there, I got to lead him to Christ. I preached the gospel and just shared with him that all of us were born into the image of God and created in the image and the likeness of God. But sin came into the world. And sin disrupted this relationship with God. And it's like it's this, this virus that got on the inside of us. And that virus actually, it, we need the antidote called the blood of Jesus to wash us clean. And you can come to him just as you are. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. You can come to him just as you are and be forgiven and be healed. Do you want to do that? And he says, I'd love to. So right there, I pray. He, leads, he comes to Christ. He gets radically saved. I get a text message from him. And he's like, I'm shocked. How did you know that about me? Why? The power of God was overflowing and just came like a thought across my mind. You're going to begin to walk in power. 
You're going to begin to walk in the presence of God. He got saved. It was awesome. You're going to go with Jesus. You're going to go with your testimony. You're going to go with power. You're going to go with loving kindness. And you're going to go with the unchanging message of the gospel. And you're going to overflow into your city. Everybody go ahead and stand with me tonight. We're about, it's uh, 1259. If you need to go get your kids, then just go ahead and get them and bring them back in here. If Tyler could come join me on the keyboard and make me sound more anointed than I am without it, that'd be great. This guy's amazing right here. Give it up for Tyler. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Man, God is, God is in this place. We've already seen him heal people, touch hearts. How many of you guys just feel his presence in this place, huh? You know, maybe you're here and you walked into this place and you're like, man, I don't... I don't know that I know the Lord. I don't, I don't know that I've been walking with him. But I want to encourage you right now. Jesus loves you. And he really does care about who you are. And he's drawing you to himself. He has an entire life for you in the kingdom of God. But there's only one way to get into the kingdom. And that's through faith in Jesus Christ and what he's done for you. Right now, I'm going to give you an opportunity if you're in this place. If you've not been walking with God, if you've been away from the Lord, you know who you are. Your heart is going. You know that God is calling you out. He's not doing that to punish you. He's drawing you into the greatest future part of your life in Christ. He's drawing you to himself. The wages of sin is death. We can't earn our way to God. You can't, you can't spray cologne on a pig to try and change the smell, man. Like, like... God, you come to God just as you are. He, didn't, he doesn't want to just, you know, refurbish your life and tidy you up a little bit and clean off, you know, your face from what you've been doing. No, he wants to kill your old life and replace it with himself so that when we come to Christ by faith, we are crucified with Christ and we die with him. We get buried with him in a grave and then we resurrect with him in the newness of life and old things pass away. Behold, all things become brand new. Come on, somebody. Listen. It's time to make Jesus Lord of every part of our lives. Amen? Maybe you're here right now and you've not been walking with God. You're ready to fully surrender to him. Maybe you're here right now and you've never known Jesus before. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time of salvation. He's drawing you back to himself. Amen? Everybody bow your heads, close your eyes all over this place. If you're here right now and you'd say, you know what, that's me. I know I want to surrender my life to the Lord. And, and I'm ready to give my past, present, and future to him. If that's you, I want to pray with you. I want to make agreement with you in prayer that you would be born again and have a new life from here on out. If that's you, I want you to just be bold, take courage, and raise your hand up right where you're at. Raise it up. Come on, I see that hand. One, two, three, four, five, six. Come on, six people raising their hands saying, I want to give my life to Jesus. Here's what I want to do right now. If you, you guys that just raise your hand, I want you to grab your stuff and come up front here because I want to pray for you right now. The Holy Spirit is going to meet you. The pastors are going to get around you. And this family is going to celebrate you as you step into a new life that God has for you. Old things are passing away. All things are becoming new in your life. Come on. This is great. Church, give these guys a big hand. Come on up here. Come on. Come on. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. He's melting. He's melting depression right off your life. He's melting depression right off your life. Anxiety, torment off right off of your mind. He's, you're bringing you into an encounter with the Father's love. 
with the Father's love. Everybody point your hands right here this direction. With the Father's love. If anybody else feels like you need to come forward, just go ahead and come. Just a few more minutes. This is going to be open. Just go ahead and come. Don't wait. Don't do it when you get home. Do it now. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you guys. God bless you. Come on. Come on. Come on. We're all going to pray together. Listen, you guys, we're going to pray together, okay? I'm going to lead you guys in something called the prayer of salvation. It's not the sinner's prayer. We call it the beginner's prayer, okay? And we're all going to pray with you guys. You ready? So just pray this prayer right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I come just as I am as a sinner. Forgive me. Wash me in your blood. Thank you for dying in my place on the cross. I receive eternal life, forgiveness. My old life passed away. Behold, all things becoming new. From this day forward, come live your life through me. Ah, now listen, right now, let's just give God, just give him thanks, just from your own lips right there. Just thank you, God, for touching me. Thank you for saving me. Listen, right there, just the Holy Spirit's here. He's going to touch your life. He's going to fill you with his presence. Come on, if there's anybody you need to forgive right now, the Holy Spirit's going to bring them to mind of who you need to forgive, people that have hurt you in the past, even yourself, you need to forgive yourself. If that's for somebody else out here, you need to forgive yourself and walk in forgiveness. Say, we're all going to do this together. You ready? We're going to forgive some people, okay? People that have hurt us, people that have wounded us. Maybe it's even yourself you need to forgive. Say this right now. Say, I forgive. I forgive. Say their name. I forgive you. So now say this. Say, as I've been forgiven, so I forgive. Now look at the cross and thank the Lord. Thank Him for how he's forgiven you. It's from thankfulness of how he's forgiven you that you receive grace to forgive others and yourself. Thank you, Lord, for the cross. Thank you for giving yourself to be bloodied and beaten and bruised and have your back ripped wide open so that, so that I could receive the life you deserve, the life of a king, to be forgiven. So right now we just thank you for the blood of Jesus that you are washed in the blood, cleansed in the blood. Come on, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Touch, Lord, in Jesus' name. Touch, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everybody out here, they're going to keep praying right here. Don't stop. Keep praying right here. Everybody else, put your hands on the person next to you here. We're going to pray for the overflow of the presence of God. How many guys want some more? How many guys want more? God, we want more. We want to overflow. We want families that overflow. We want marriages that overflow. We want relationships and home that overflow. We want church life to overflow. I declare right now the overflow of the presence of God. Say these words with me right now. Say, come Holy Spirit. Make your home here. We yield to the river of God. Fire of God fall in this place. I give myself to a life in the Spirit. In Jesus' name. Now, right now, I just release the fire of his presence over this place. That the fire of God would begin to sweep through and fall in this place. That his presence would just come. Baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. Ha! Yes, God. More. 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 How many of you guys feel something right there? You felt something just come on you right there. If you just felt the fire of God come on you, you felt his presence come on you, I want you to respond and come down here and just say, and just surrender to that. Surrender. Yield to the Holy Spirit. 
Come on down here. Just be hungry. Say, God, I'm hungry for more. I'm hungry for more. Hungry for more. Yes, God. Yes, God. We're hungry for more, Lord. Hungry for more, Jesus. We want you, Lord. Whoa. Yeah, I felt that. Pow. More. 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 Shoo. Fire of God. Touch. In Jesus' name, more. 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 Bam. Fire. Get him, God. Radical man. More. More. If anybody believes in me, as the scripture said, from within him will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. Rivers! 